Mike, what are you doing here? Uh, looking at porn? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone, welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is a spoiler cast for Spider-Man Homecoming, the first official Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man movie that stands alone by itself. That's not, you know, Civil War. (laughs) Yes, and I believe it's this is the first uh, MCU movie of the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're very wrong. This is Guardians. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Man, it's, I was just about to say, we're halfway through the year, and we've already like talked about so many movies of the year, I've already forgotten about the last one. And that's not to say Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is forgettable. It was very, very good, but there's just so much so much on our plate now, I can't even remember what we saw last. I felt like Lego Batman happened like two years ago already. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. I think last week was the only week I have not... Before the week before Spider Man was the only week I did not go to the movies this summer. <laughs> and I've yeah, seen and I've seen some bad ones, so Yeah, you didn't go see the minions? No. I mean, Despicable no. Me Three or whatever you want to call it. Skip Despicable Me Three after the um floater that was Transformers five. So <laughs> um thankfully thankfully we we're, we're beyond that. We're in July now. We're Yes. We're I guess I don't know if summer's winding down or kicking up right now. Like July's a busy month for everybody. Yeah, I guess it's weird. If you want to talk about just summer kind of chronologically on the calendar, we're probably halfway through it. But if you're kind of talking about movies, I think we've had kind of the big hitters. I mean, there's still some ones that come out that we want to see. I know I really want to see Valerian. We mm-hmm. both really we both really want to see um, the next Kingsman movie. So there's still stuff to look forward to this summer. But, you know, we'll kind of have to wait wait and, and see when it uh, drops. But uh, we, we took a break last week from our normal news episode. So if you guys want to catch up and hear what we've been up to recently, check out our news episode. We'll talk about that stuff at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll give you a feed, uh, not feedback, but like a rundown of what we did in our two weeks off that we rarely ever have in between <laughs> recordings. Like I was like, I need to get ready for recording last Sunday. Then I would realize I was in a hotel room. Like I can't do this. So we, we got to keep going. But we are here... We are ready to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. We have not talked about it since we both watched it on Thursday. Uh, despite several people asking, hey, what did Mike think? I'm like, we, we don't talk. We, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is kind of weird. Because I think, I think most normal people, when they when they leave a movie and they have a reaction to it, they instantly start texting their friends, you know, especially if they had also gone and seen it the same night. But with, with me and you, it's a radio silence. So I have, I have no idea. I, I, I have a guess that if you're trending with the rest of the people out there that you I think you had a positive experience but we'll find out here shortly. Yes. So, uh any anything to preface this Mike before we just jump in and, and Well, I, I guess I can preface uh when we got to the theater. So, we went, you know, Thursday night, uh you know, I didn't make the Wonder Woman mistake that we did last time when we saw it on a Saturday. I felt like I was waiting ages to see Wonder Woman because I waited two extra days. So, we saw this on a Thursday night. Bought my tickets for the showing. I think we were the fourth, third and fourth people to buy tickets for this showing. So we got our tickets early for, for the 8 p.m. We show up and, like, we're stuck, like, right next to these basically, like, uh, millennial teenage girls 
that are that are just there, just like talking about. I'm gonna sound like an old man right now, but they're like scrolling through Snapchat and Instagram, like uh, like talking about all these boys and stuff, like criticizing another girl's foundation or something like that. My wife was telling me. Now, this was all before the movie started, so I was on pins and needles the whole time, hoping these girls would shut up and respect the movie once it started, because this was kind of a slightly similar situation to when I went and saw Looper a while ago. Uh, Looper, there's lots of girls in that in that sci-fi movie because of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I heard some some swoons and oh my god, he's so cute when Tom Holland pops up on the screen with this movie. So I was like, settle down, girls. I'm trying to watch my Spider-Man movie here. I don't care about your Tom Holland movie. But luckily, they they chilled out, they relaxed, and I got to have a good movie viewing experience. So that'll be my preface. That's good. That's good. I I got mine. I got to the theater. I think we were like, man, I don't know, sixth or seventh in line as usual. Because I'm not waiting forever in line. Because they, they don't have the reserved seating back in our IMAX yet. And I had to watch oh, it in IMAX. So I'm, I'm sitting there waiting. And the theater's not quite full yet. And I look over and there is uh, Brian and Evan, the owners of my comic book store, coming up <laughs> and trying nice. to find a seat. So I flagged them down. We still had seats beside us. They sat beside us. And you know, we just, we had a great time. Like I, That's awesome, man. Um, I, it's it's one of those. like Normally, I just it's me and my wife. And it's our time to go to the movies. And I... The second or third time I go with somebody else, but see the movie for the first time with, you know, friends like that—that's that, a—it's a good experience. It's a, it's a good fun, fun time. So awesome, man. So we did that, and then, um, yeah, that's that's really about it. That was pretty had pretty pretty standard going uh, experience. So that was that was pretty easy, pretty laid back. Well, well, all right, man. Lay lay it on me. What did you think about Spider-Man: Homecoming? I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yep, you called it. You called it. You're going with the flow here, Mike. What about you? What do you think? You're the yeah, you're, man. You're a Spider-Man aficionado more so than I am. So yeah, man. It was just it was a great time. So I know I'm watching a good superhero movie when I'm about like a third of way through the movie. I start to like feel the comic book. Like I feel like I'm reading through a comic book trade. Like oh, I felt like I just finished issue one and I'm turning the page on issue two on the screen right now. And I love that feeling because that's how I really feel like comic book movies should feel. So we kind of had a lot of that going on in Spider-Man Homecoming. The the humor, I think, is uh, pretty cranked up in this movie. I would say even more than the action. So uh, very surprising since I think this movie is credited with like six or seven screenwriters. So I have no idea what was happening behind the scenes in this movie like maybe if those were just kind of some touch-up people and one person has the lion's share of the writing credit with this movie but yeah i was i was digging all the jokes i was having a great time uh when we got to our action pieces they were really really great and choreographed luckily even in all the bad spider-man movies i've seen the action has always been good it's just always really a joy to see this character translated to live action it always works really really well even when maybe cg wasn't so great back in um uh, Toby McGuire's Mag- days. Yeah. But yeah, it's still really awesome, and I loved all that. And it was even surprising considering we don't see Spidey a whole lot in, in New York. You know, the thing I love a whole lot, I love about Spidey and the web sling is how he's swinging through the big, tall buildings. And I kind of, I you know, I thought I'd miss out on some of that, and I didn't. It was actually really fun and clever seeing him in the suburbs. I mean, how many times have people wondered how would Spider-Man fare away from tall buildings? And shockingly we got a literally almost a whole movie where he's not in that so i feel like there's still a whole lot to explore surprisingly with a character Mm -hmm. that we've seen a ton of already like oh i can't wait to see tom holland maybe move from queens into the big city because uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about the timeline of this movie but you know i'm thinking maybe the next 
Spider-Man movie, maybe he's a senior in high school, and or maybe he's going into college, depending on how they age him, and maybe he moves uh, into downtown. I'd love to see how that happens. But yeah, I just had a, I had a great time. We had a great MCU villain um, that was you know on par with Loki. He was uh, he was uh, yeah. taking his shots and really well motivated. The movie opened really interesting. Um, with especially with the little uh, homemade video Tom Holland was making, or I guess uh, Peter Parker was making in the movie, it's, it's all the same. Once yeah. once you've confused them for each other, you're like hey, everybody's <laughs> the role. Yeah, so that was that was really cool. Uh, I, I think if I had to bring up any negatives, there will be there will be kind of nitpicks, but I think there might be something interesting enough to bring up. But yeah, I had a great time laughing out loud, great bits, great gags. This is kind of one of those Marvel movies where you really can lean into the humor. You know, my biggest criticism of Iron Man 3 was it was too funny and it was too silly. And, you know, because I want a little bit more seriousness when it comes to my Iron Man. I kind of want to see the stuff that Tony is struggling with. But with Peter, he's like a kid. He's allowed to quip and have fun. That's the character. So the the, the Marvel tone and humor is just a match made in heaven for this type of movie. And I have to say, I was legitimately worried going into this movie uh, just because I hated the way the trailers were cut. I even went back and I watched the third Spider-Man trailer after I saw this movie to see maybe if I overblew it a little bit. And I think I, I consider myself saved because I felt like there was some stuff in that third trailer that I think gave away too much, um, especially with kind of the, the role of Donald Glover in the movie. I wasn't expecting him to be in the movie hardly at all, and he actually had a little bit of a, a role to play, and we'll kind of address the Easter egg there too. Um, well, I think I think that's a good point for me to transition. I loved – okay, to me – I love the Easter eggs in this movie. They're all mm-hmm. over the place, but they're oh, yeah. not like in your face kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're winks and nods, but they're not like jabbing you with the elbows. Hey, 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 we're in Marvel. Hey, check yeah, out this the, thing. They take the back seat to the story. Yeah, and, and they're and they're there all over and I found myself, you know, seeing them in, in the scenes and here and there and everywhere. And, and, and you know, something you brought up Spider Man in the city. Spider Man usually in the comics isn't in the city. Um, surprisingly enough, because like he's only called in when the Avengers finally need somebody. Like he never mm-hmm. was a founding Avenger. I think until like the two thousands he was Avenger. Um, so I really enjoyed like you know he was to quote a friendly neighborhood Spider Man running mm-hmm. around doing stuff, and I really enjoyed that. Um, you know his his real life. You know, I guess some 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 people have said you know it's more of a I guess. Uh, I don't know how to put it, but I really enjoyed seeing Tom Holland as Peter Parker and like his day to day. How do I juggle this Stark internship, which was actually a pretty clever cover for yeah. what he was doing for a long time, and then you know the situations he got himself into because he was trying to do the right thing, like the whole part where he gets locked up in the uh, like a an underground facility for several yeah. hours uh, while meeting Karen for the first time. Mm-hmm. This was definitely interesting. So I, I had a really good time. I really love the Easter eggs, and and I don't know if, if you want to jump into that now or not. We can, um, but th- there are definitely several I want to point out along the way. So yeah, well, uh, on that note, when you were saying it was interesting to see how he's kind of dealing with his personal life, I felt like this was the first Spider-Man movie where we actually felt a kid struggling with the specific the the specific natures of being a high school student. And being a superhero, I mean, obviously Tobey Maguire's character wasn't really in high school very long in his trilogy, and really a lot of his struggle came from like paying rent and juggling like a job and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. not something that young Peter Parker's ever really had to deal with. Um, 
and even uh, the 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 middle uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man, he, he was technically in high school, but it was more kind of about his relationship with with Gwen and Aunt May and stuff like that. And high school really was just kind of like a, a thorn in his side. But in this movie, he's like specifically making choices on screen of do I go hang out with my friends like and be a normal kid or do I go be a hero like I I really thought that was the the best it's ever been portrayed on screen and like when when he was making his decision whether he should go uh track that signal when they're in uh Washington at that mm-hmm. hotel or go hang out with all the his debate friends at the pool I, I like I really felt him I was just like oh man you would have so much fun if you just uh if you just went and hung out with them in the pool go just go do that for a little bit and then go on your Spider-Man adventure but then he made the sacrifice and I was just like oh man so it's it was really cool seeing that. It definitely was, and and you, he he had several of those instances. It wasn't just one or two. Though. Yeah, he's like, do I go be Spider Man and and make you know show up as Spider Man and be like, oh okay, yeah, I really know Peter Parker kind of thing. Build up his uh-huh. his own social stature, and then he had he didn't he had to go chase down the drug, or not drug, <laughs> but the gun gun yeah. cartel, mm-hmm. um, and doing that. And you know, to me. You know, I, I love it. And then one of the, the, I guess, the most tenseful scenes in the movie is when he's in the car with Michael Keaton right Ooh, before the dance. yeah. I mean, we haven't really had a tense moment like that in an MCU movie. Really, I can't – I would love it if anybody knows any off the top of their head to, to write in and, and let us know. But, yeah, that was just something that we haven't gotten in an MCU movie in a while. And it was fun trying to see, like, oh, who knows what? And, oh, well, technically Peter knows that he's a vulture, but does he, but does he know that he – and I was like, oh, did Spider-Man ever take his mask off? And so the whole time I'm trying to figure this out, and it's really tense in the car. And that's a good way to, to jump into – this Marvel movie, guess what? It had a twist. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember the last time I went to a superhero movie that had like an interesting twist and I didn't see it coming. I'm sure a lot of people out there will be like, "Oh, well we haven't seen her dad yet, so it's obviously the only other like male-aged person in the movie that's talking about his family." And I get that, you know, maybe some people are just a little bit more on top of it, but I was like blown away because since the movie kind of set up this lighthearted tone, I was expecting Peter to just go to the door and just like the parents were just going to be like uh, really weird and it was going to be like an awkward cut to like the couch and just really awkward and then they would end up going to the dance but yeah when it was him I was like whoa this is crazy this is intense this is a huge twist there's so many things that are going to come from this because oh we can't just dispatch the vulture super easily now because you know he like Peter likes his daughter and oh this I I legitimately didn't know where the movie was going to go because I was like well this obviously isn't going to wrap up in a clean bow at the very end like that that daughter I don't remember the character's name off the top of my head but she is she's going to have ramifications from this what's going to happen when her dad just disappears or goes to jail or finds out that he was like a supervillain so yeah well, that was an amazing twist and, and the fact they kept that twist hidden even though he was at their house earlier yeah like with that that house party was the same house earlier like they they, they held on that very well and then you know and, and as much as you said the trailer maybe given something away but it, i don't think the trailers gave that away and i saw no, all they of them and i was like okay whoa now this is getting serious so um it, it was definitely fun. It, it reminded me a lot of the callback to spider-man one uh the mm-hmm. original one where peter parker finds out that his best friend's dad is the person who, who chased him down and they find out at the dinner table like it was mm-hmm. a nice throwback to that that moment oh yeah that, yeah that's a good moment yeah uh so i it's definitely interesting and then um you know that, that comes back at the end of course there are spoilers in this if you you're, you're listening this far in <laughs> and figure that out uh sorry but um at the end you know you know at least the vultures he's like you know this guy saved my life 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep his identity secret, so maybe I can get my revenge later. But he also did save my life at the end. Like, he didn't... He was like, you saved my life, I saved yours kind of deal in the car. So then later on, that, that came back into play later, I think, yeah. at least to me. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the Vulture here just for a second since we're on him. I love that he actually had some legitimate, like, motivation. It, he didn't want to destroy the world with a sky beam. He didn't have some sort of grudge, maybe specifically with superheroes. Maybe, like, sometimes you see in X-Men movies, like, oh, you know, we don't like the mutants. You know, he was mad that his business was destroyed uh, by the Stark industry. And he, you know, so he decided he was tired of being the little person. He wanted uh, the profit off all of this stuff. It was really cool. It was kind of, it was kind of a little bit uh, reminiscent of um, the kind of cleanup crews of Pacific Rim when that, um, <laughs> when they were making money off those dead kaiju's yeah. and all the stuff in there from that Ron Perlman was running. So I thought, like, oh, that was cool. You know, I could see this happening. And this was all also kind of a little bit of a seed of that that Marvel TV show that we never got. Uh, I think maybe it was going to be called Cleanup Crew. I don't remember the exact name. Damage Control, that's right. So I thought it was kind of cool that it got kind of spun into a Spider-Man movie. I guess it still technically could be a TV show someday, and they just did an even better job setting it up in the Spider-Man movie. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, you got this everyday guy who's, like, smart on top of it. You know, he's just a hardworking guy. Then he gets screwed over, and then he becomes a villain. And then we kind of see of his his crew and how they work and operate and how he's still smart. He wants to be under the radar. You know, we don't go into this whole convoluted mess of how he got the vulture suit, how he built it, you know. How was anybody smart enough to do that? He probably wasn't even the guy that built it. His his buddy, yeah, which... Uh, the Tinker. Yeah, which I don't know if that was technically ever officially confirmed in the movie. I, I, I assume maybe maybe a producer or somebody said that is the Tinker. Well, it, his name is... is lines up with the tinker's name in the comic books gotcha that that's what i assumed yeah, so yeah, I Phineas that, mason yeah yeah so i thought that was that was cool you know so they didn't really worry too much about that i think they just kind of trusted the audience that like okay i think we'll just assume that people can do this in this universe since we've had these movies around for so long so yeah i thought he was properly motivated and he you know he wasn't he was a bad guy but he was basically just kind of like a robber and and a guns dealer you know he didn't really have a, a vendetta to kill Spider-Man until Spider-Man was really digging into his craw mm-hmm. so uh, yeah i really liked that yeah yeah i mean he definitely he came off as that and like you know he like you said like he was he didn't want to kill spider like he has i guess, i don't know if it's like um honor but like you know he's like in like he said in the car you saved my life you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, this is me saving yours, say thank you, kind of thing. And it, it was fun. I mean, he, all he wanted to do was, again, like a vulture, clean up the scraps and, and live off of it. So I thought that parallel was very interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if that had ever been addressed really so uh, directly in the comics before that, yeah, that's literally what a vulture does is pick up the scraps. And, and yeah, I mean, but, but it was cool that, you know, he also had, you know, the Tinker was making his web, but he also got to create the Shocker gloves, and they had his uh, two, two guys be the, the Shockers of, of the movie, so to speak. Yeah, it was really funny, even though we, we knew and reported on the fact that the Shocker was going to be in the movie, when I got so enveloped in everything that was going on, I totally forgot that he was in there, so I didn't realize, oh yeah, the Shocker is in the movie until he punched, until the Shocker punched Spidey, kind of under that that overpass when they were trying mm-hmm. to sell something to uh, Donald Glover's character, and I was just like, oh, that yeah, that's the Shocker glove, oh, that's the Shocker, and then, of course, later he gets killed and somebody else gets the Shocker glove, so I thought that was kind of cool, because that is something that we do need a little bit more in the Marvel Universe is people actually dying, which I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but we, we kind of need to know that like people 
uh, do have things at stake here. So I like how the you know the shocker was pretty pretty uh, re- replaceable there. Um, yeah, it, it but, wasn't the man; yeah. it was the 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 glove, <laughs> the glove itself. And I was kind of expecting two of them. I was like, "Where's the other glove? Is he is he gonna put that on?" And maybe we're waiting for later till we get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then the second guy, uh, uh, Bokeem Woodbine, he showed up, and like you know, as the shocker, um, I guess he was on the boat, but then most importantly, he was at the in the the back of the school. Whenever Peter was like, "I got to give up this homecoming dance to go stop the vulture." one of his decisions and then ran through and gets knocked through all the school buses mm-hmm. uh, with that guy. So the shocker, yeah. they, they played a big, they played a big role in this at least, yeah. at least to me. It, and on top of all of that, I loved all of the supporting characters. They were so fleshed out, even if they had just small amounts of screen time and they're all very unique and different. Uh, I was, I was telling you before we were started recording this episode, I know technically his name's Ned, but like I'm, I just call him Genki cause he looks like he's literally ripped off the comic book page pretty much the same type of character too the 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 best friend of spider-man the guy in the chair knows a secret yes the guy in the chair which the whole time i was thinking of uh dc's arrow and uh felicity i was like yeah Yeah. there is always somebody in the chair and then eventually he gets to be the guy in the chair and he's swinging between computers which really doesn't even make any sense because he could just open up a couple tabs but i think you know just knowing his character even if it was less efficient i think he does just want to be the guy in the chair and i was like oh that's so cool and then I really even like the way they revealed that he found out Spider-Man's identity. You know, Tom Holland thinks he's being slick, climbing into his room nice and quiet, and then Ned's just there on the bed with the, the, with the, the, Legos. Uh, the like, Death Star. Yeah, yeah. No, so that was great. And then um, Michelle, or I guess Zendaya's character, uh, she, she was fun and quirky. And uh, spoilers, even though that's pointless because we already called this a spoiler cast, she's MJ, Un-MJ. I guess. Un-MJ. She's an <laughs> Mary Jane Watson, because her name is Michelle. Yes. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's left up to be very vague. So. Yeah, I've I've kind of seen two uh, competing theories on, on the web right now where, oh, it could be a misdirect, or maybe this is actually MJ, you know, but even if it was, I think I'd be fine with that. I think it's okay to reinvent and update these characters, even if their personalities aren't totally in sync. And also, all of these characters, like, are in high school. You know, they're not all going to be super confident uh, hotshots. Well, uh, so maybe they'll, she'll grow into more of an MJ character. Well, you, you talked a little bit about, I mean, uh, Gonki. He, he came from the Ultimate Spider-Man book. In the Ultimate Spider-Man books, Mary Jane Watson is a nerd reporter. Like, she is not the, the face-it tiger, you, you just won the jackpot kind of, like, hottie. Like, she uh-huh. is, like, a... She's under the radar, very nerdy, very smart person in the ultimate universe as well which i think they drew, they drew a lot of inspiration from this because uh, mm-hmm. you're talking about these side characters i mean you keep bringing up donald glover yes donald glover's in there playing the character aaron davis who is known for his comic book personality in the in the ultimate universe the prowler who is the uncle of miles morales the ultimate spider-man yes and he does say my nephew lives yeah. in this neighborhood so I think that's maybe not necessarily saying, yes, we're going to be getting Miles Morales as Spider-Man here in a couple of years soon. <laughs> I, I think at the very least it's just stating he exists in this universe. You don't have to worry about like parallel dimensions to get Miles over <laughs> we here. We got him before Sony did, guys. We got him. <laughs> like they, yeah. they name drop him before Sony could make their own movie of it. You know, um, Tony Revolori from one of my favorite movies, The Grand Budapest Hotel, played a different kind of Flash, a bully of a modern sorts. I, I yeah um you know one of those people who just you know, he's not out there being muscly and doing that. he's like you know i guess nerd bullying i guess like yeah i'm better than you kind of thing 
Yeah, well, it does kind of make sense because it is a science high school. So, you know, how many big jocks, you know, douchebags are you going to get at a science high school? And also on top of that, it, it felt a little bit kind of like 21, 22 Jump Street, where in that movie, all the kids were just kind of this new version of kids. You know, not everybody's like they were, you know, back in the day in comic books when they were first being written. You know, the, the you know, the archetypes and stuff have been updated. So I, I, I enjoyed all of that. So even the supporting characters in this movie were awesome. Yeah, and, and just to drop uh, a couple other facts on you we got the scorpion uh, uh-huh. uh, matt gargan at the boat and at the end you could tell by the scorpion on his tattoo on his <laughs> neck if you, it wasn't that's, too obvious that's funny i didn't catch him at the boat scene yeah he's he's the one they're selling the guns to on the boat and uh, he okay. gets knocked off the back and he's holding onto the back of the boat um the whole uh, time. okay gotcha i didn't catch him there okay, yeah cool. so that's how he got his face scarred and i think he has some sort of prosthesis on his arm now uh, which maybe you know a scorpion claw. I, I don't know. What, whatever they want to do with them, that's fine. We've never mm-hmm. seen the scorpion in the movies. Yeah, we'll exactly. Uh, also, two returning Marvel cinematic characters made their returns in this movie as different characters. Um, the principal is Principal Marita, played by Kenneth Choi, who was a Howling Commando. Yes, the the whole time I was thinking, why does that guy look so familiar? And then when I got home and started doing some research, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, because he was a Howling Commando. And, and you can see the picture of his grandfather as a Howling Commando on the principal's desk when Peter's in the principal's office. Oh, that's so awesome. So that was a little <laughs> funny Easter egg. And also his teacher, the decathlon teacher, uh, who does, doesn't want to lose children again, uh, <laughs> Martin Starr, uh, he uh-huh. is actually in The Incredible Hulk as a lab scientist. Like, a lab scientist and he lets um bruce banner into the lab to send some data uh i wonder if that is technically the same character they didn't they didn't give him a name in the other one so everyone's like yeah they're probably the same character because science to science it works out yeah i mean it makes sense you know maybe he uh fucked up so much at that lab he had to get a job teaching at a high school so yeah (laughs) yeah i mean uh whatever but i mean i thought that was kind of that was that was very very fun uh, comedian Hannibal Burris was the coach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't know he was going to be in this movie. So um, when he's kind of when his character is kind of shown uh, introducing the the cassette tape of Captain America's fitness challenge to the to the class, you know the kind of the camera kind of pans over to reveal Hannibal Burris, and I just kind of lost it at a very silent mo- moment in the theater, like there was no joke played. But I just started laughing because Hannibal Burris was on screen. I always laugh when I see him, and then he said something really funny, like literally right after that. Yeah, because totally like, Captain America's like, I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal now, but whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, that was hilarious. Oh man, and I love that that running gag of a Captain America doing that PSA and. Mm. Even into the after credit scene, so <laughs> so many, <laughs> so many things were just cranking off in this movie. It was just great. They, they they hit a lot of notes and they hit it really fast. And I think one of the bigger things that we've talked about to death in the regular episodes and something we've not brought up even yet now is the inclusion of three Iron Man characters, uh, yeah. Iron Man staple characters in this, which I didn't feel in, interfered with the movie as much as the trailers portrayed it to be. I feel they yeah. showed all those scenes in the trailers, and then that was it. So, but I, but I'm like, I'll stick to my guns that I still think that they revealed too much with that fairy scene because I once that fairy scene started, I was like, okay, here we go, Spider Man's gonna gonna cause a ruckus, and Tony's gonna have to come in and save him, and then right afterwards they're gonna have a discussion about you know taking his suit away, and that's pretty much what happened. I'm just glad that wasn't some sort of like final climactic scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I guess they'll they're, you know they're they're safe there, but yeah, I wish they didn't reveal that much. But um, well, so I, to me. It at least played out differently than the trailer because in the trailer it looked like the vulture just cut it in half 
uh-huh. when it was actually one of the things blowing up and splitting yeah, in half. Yeah, that's true. So it was Spidey's fault that the fairy was ripping in half. So that was a little different. So, and, you know, and, they the little misdirect. Yeah. And you're like, okay, he's got it. And she's like, congratulations on 98%, you know, fixing this. And he's like, 98 yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it did it did play out well, but I mean, it also wasn't like one of those... The, the trailer made it look very straightforward when the end result wasn't as straightforward as the trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, we may have known what was going, we could predict it, but I still had a good time with it. I still like how the suit landed, and he's like, well, if you were, you know, if you cared so much, why aren't you here? And he's like, I am here, and steps out of the suit. Like, uh-huh. that's, that's true Tony Stark fashion. He's like, yeah, just what you thought. No, it's totally yeah. different. But at the end, we also got to see Gwyneth Paltrow's returning back to happy couple yeah, status. That that was a surprise. I was not expecting uh, Goop to be in this movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, Goop Goop is in this movie. Um, we got to see an actual Iron Spider suit, the MCU oh, version of the Iron Spider yeah. suit. Yeah. Oh man, I saw that, and you know, uh, I want to talk about the the suit here in, in in a minute overall from the movie. But yeah, I was just like. I think I see some gold trim on that. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very much um, a Spider-Man suit with an Iron Man kind of, kind of like how the Iron Patriot was. It's a Captain America, but with the Iron Man kind of thing to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it wasn't a true Iron Spider suit, but just enough to be believable. You're like, okay, that'd be cool if he was rocking that yeah. around for yeah, a while. I get, I get a little bit of a feeling in maybe Infinity Wars Part 2. Maybe that suit will pop back up. You know, maybe they'll need a little bit of reinforcements. Uh, they'll be at the Avengers campus, and maybe Peter will slip into that. Maybe not the whole movie. Maybe just for a second, though. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't think that suit's maybe gone forever. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it'd be uh, such a shame to tease us with something so cool mm. and pull back. And then, um, actually, I'm really surprised at how much screen time John Favreau got. In yeah, this. happy. Um, the original, the originator. Of the Iron Man or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he says he in the show in the movie he's had this job since two thousand eight. <laughs> uh, so I I think you know I I really enjoyed um, Happy Hogan in there. Like I think he was he played off Peter like he's like I really don't want to deal with kids, but <laughs> whatever. So I I had a good time with those those characters returning more those more so than I thought I would. Yeah, I, and his and his uh, specific task in the movie of moving out of Avengers Tower was very interesting, because if you believe the you know the accuracy of the eight years in the future uh, moniker at the very beginning, uh, this movie apparently is supposed to take place in 2020. So I don't know exactly how hard pressed Kevin Feige is sticking to uh, the timeline, and of course he could always use the cop out of Dormammu and Doctor Strange screwed up the timeline, well, so maybe things got a little weird but so i guess at some point in the future i don't know if this is after infinity war part one or maybe after maybe even black panther coming up but for some reason they're moving out of that avengers tower and, and selling it off yeah so it actually there are banners around the city that say stark expo 2018 in this movie mm. mm-hmm. so it's not 2016 when it comes out or 2017 it's actually 2018 and I, this is if if you were to say this is your one complaint, I bet this is your one complaint, isn't it? No, um, it isn't actually. Oh, okay. I, I'm I'm not too hard pressed about these timelines. As long as they're within like a year or two of each other, I'm I'm not too worried. Yeah. About so it. this is 2018. I think the only thing that lines up is the only post Avengers. The only one that dates itself. I think none of them date themselves in relation to Avengers, just in terms of each other. So, like, mm-hmm. like this happened so much time after Civil War, okay? This happened so much time after Thor. But they never say when that takes place after the Avengers. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I honestly don't know, but it is very confusing. We don't have an answer. 
I assume we'll get an answer. I don't think they're going to overlook something that that huge, especially as that starts the movie off, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, my my assumption is there's some sort of time gym. Something's happened <laughs> with the time gym later on that we don't. I don't think it's a, the Doctor Strange Dormammu thing. I think something in Infinity War or the second one will like kind of slightly reset a timeline. Somewhere. Yeah, maybe something's going to happen but for sure. We don't, we don't know. We don't have any solutions. No one's officially come out and said anything just yet. So um, that's a little weird. Because <laughs> even James Gunn came out and said, well, Stanley was a FedEx guy in, in Civil War, which was after Guardians 2. But, you know... I don't know. We'll see. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe it's just something Stanley has done quite a bit. You know, we, Maybe it's just not always caught on the proverbial space camera. Yeah, so, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this plays out. And if it does even play out, if not, maybe they'll fix it in the home release. Uh, but, but there are definitely Stark, Stark Expo 2018 banners around the city. So, yeah. so that that much we at least know about. Yeah. So, so obviously, uh, we we love the movie, but the the one nitpick I would like to bring up that I think could possibly be remedied in the next movies is his high tech suit. I had a little bit of a problem with. So, uh, what I really love about Spidey is he's very um, he's very resourceful and he's good at at working with what he's got, and which is basically just his superpowers and his uh, his webbing. And then when you get into more of like the comic books and the cartoons, he does a little bit more outlandish things like making parachutes with his webs and shooting like web balls and doing just weird things with his web that you know kind of doesn't really translate to the real world super well. So making a high tech suit is a good way to get that stuff out there in the world. I will agree with that that that's a, a good conceit there. But at the same time, I felt like you know he was he was kind of getting away with some stuff that I felt like he shouldn't be able to do quite yet, you know. So obviously he had that training wheels mode on, and they disabled that, and then he got all those different features. But he kind of felt just more kind of like he was in an Iron Man suit and less being Spider Man himself. So what I was kind of hoping at the end of the movie, when he sees that Iron Spider suit, and he you know he rejects it, I was kind of hoping maybe he would get a, a lower grade tech suit. You know, you know, I don't necessarily want my Spider-Man running around with a heads-up display and all of these different things and, like, a taser web and things like that. I kind of just want him to be a little bit more vanilla Spider-Man, you know, being our everyday Spider-Man, not just running around with, like, a tech suit. So when he was in that homemade suit with his own web shooters, I was really enjoying that portion of the movie because I was like, yeah, this really feels like Spider-Man. And even though I did like Karen, was, was that the name of yeah, the... Karen, Karen was yeah, Karen. Karen yeah, was Yeah, I like the banter between Spider-Man and Karen. I thought that was kind of cool but we've seen that kind of uh ai banter between tony and jarvis in the past so didn't really felt like i was seeing something i hadn't seen before so and it it did pay off at parts in the movie like you know like you said when he was trapped in the bunker you know he spider-man quips so he needs someone to quip too he can't just quip to himself so i guess you know that's there for a purpose but you know i'm kind of hoping in the future spider-man movies they just kind of play down all that tech stuff you know it's fine if it's still in his suit but i don't need to see a heads-up display every time he wants to do something i don't need to hear him shout you know electric web you know i don't need to hear him say that in the future i just kind of want him to be from the outside just look like a normal spider-man and whatever's going on inside the suit that that can happen but i just i just don't need to know about it well i think i think part of that was is this is not tony stark with his AI, who who was smarter than his AI in most of the Iron Man suits, so I didn't mind it as much when he's like, "Okay, lady in my suit, what what should I do? Like, you know, mm-hmm. tell me tell me what I have because I, I I skipped the whole process here. Whoops, I didn't mean to get this far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of like when you get into a video game, into a hard part that you're not leveled up for, and you're like, yeah, what can I, think I do? <laughs> yeah, I think I've played. I've literally played Spider-Man games with that beginning tutorial mode where, when you're kind of in that blank city sky space. So that was kind of funny. But I mean, they made it work well. I mean, he was he's like a superhero in training still. He still doesn't get yeah. everything. You know, he's not super responsible. So it still worked in the movie. I'm just hoping moving forward, we just you know we're oh, yeah. not seeing all that you know Spider-Man mixed with uh, Iron Man. I just I just want my my classic. Oh. Spidey a little I, I feel I feel very confident by the time we see him like it'll Karen will be there he'll have the abilities but he'll know how to do them without having to say them out loud like mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange casting his spells I guess yeah uh, so I think it'll be more like that and he'll just be able to like maybe set up hand gestures for each web he needs or something like that or you know whatever quick keyboard shortcuts he he's, he's <laughs> obviously smart enough to do all that stuff he just didn't know what he had Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I liked actually seeing the vulture with his heads up display, like yeah, the that two was cool. shots they had in there. I'm like, Oh, okay. So he's got, he, he knows what's going on. He's not smart enough to do it, but like, he knows what's going on. Yeah. He's resourceful. He is. And then, um, you know, I just, I, I, I had a lot of fun. There wasn't a lot of spectacle in this movie as, as much as there could have been. And I appreciate that because I really enjoyed meeting this Peter Parker, meeting this young adult version of Spider-Man, uh, and, and, and tagging along with this movie adventure, you know, even as we get up here in age, we're farther away from high school now than we probably were <laughs> yeah. uh, when we were in it. But I mean, it's, it's definitely, I had a really good time with this character, his villains, his supporting characters, the Easter eggs, everything in it. Like I, I need to go back and see it again. I want to go back and see it again. Uh, because I just, I just had such a great time. Yeah, I want to see, see him interact more with the characters. I really like, like the more you the more you mentioned the the intro scene where he like web vlogs his whole adventure to the Civil <laughs> War uh, uh-huh. was just so fun. Like oh yeah, hearing his excitement and everything like that. So I mean, just just a kid being excited to play in this big playground. But then the whole point of the journey is he's not in that big playground every day. He has mm-hmm. to go back to okay. I stopped a Grand Theft bicycle. <laughs> uh, some lady bought me a churro because I gave her directions kind of thing. Uh, yeah. like, hey, are you that Spider-Man guy? Yeah, do a flip. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> they, like it, he's, just, he's, he's just doing little stuff around and he wants to be bigger, but he can't. Um, and and I, I really enjoyed like his his internal struggle with that. Like that was yeah. the whole journey to me. Yeah, and going forward, you know, to kind of wrap up the spoiler cast, you know, the last thing we saw in the movie was Aunt May finds out that he's Spider-Man. That's something that hasn't been in the movies before. Obviously, it's been in the comic books before uh, that Aunt May knows. So that's going to be interesting going forward. She does seem to be a very cool aunt, so I think she's going to be okay with it to an extent, especially, I, you know, because Tony, Tony Stark is probably going to come in and calm her down and be like, oh, he's a hero, you know, he's doing good. So, But I'm sure she's going to have a demand of, you can you can be this hero, but you, you have to finish high school. So yeah. he's still going to have to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what, to the the this trilogy coming forward with Spider-Man, I really want to see that how they bring these new villains in. I I wouldn't even mind seeing the Green Goblin come back maybe in a, in a different uh, avenue. Apparently, they're shelved at least for the time being. At least not the next movie. Like, uh, 5G was like, we need there are a bunch there are tons of Spider-Man characters. Uh, villains. Oh yeah, we We're need Mysterio for sure Mysterio, and Craven. Craven, I think Craven's going to Sony. Um, that's okay. Uh, Scorpion, I think, is a great choice as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's got these, you know, bionic abilities now or whatever, advanced because Spider-Man kind of took him out. Um, yeah. Kind of that. I mean, some people are calling for a Sinister Six movie. 
Um, eh, I don't need it. <laughs> but there's a version called the Ultimate Six where they, they blackmail Spider-Man to joining them, where he is the sixth member of it. So uh-huh. uh, I think that would be interesting. Like, you know, you got to help us or, you know, we're going to kill Aunt May kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, poor Aunt May. Yeah. So, I mean, that was fun. I, 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 had, a, I had a good time. Like, it was, yeah. this was a good time. I, I agree with you. Oh, it was a it's, good time it, to see all this. Yeah, it's an it's an easy recommend, and you should definitely go out and see Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, if you were to rank this in terms of Spider-Man movies, Mike, this is our sixth current <laughs> Spider-Man movie, um, the start of a new franchise. Where would you put it in terms well, of the other Spider-Man movies? Easily above uh, Spider-Man 3 and Andrew Garfield, so obviously it's in the top three between Spider-Man 1, 2, and then Homecoming. Uh, I haven't seen the Tobey Maguire movies in a while, so you know I hear... You know, everyone always says number two is the best, so you know it's on my it's on my iTunes wish list. So I need to just like buy it and rewatch it. But it's gotta be it's gotta be one or two, I would assume. I'm actually one ranked number one or two. I I you will never hear me not preach how much I love <laughs> Spider Man Two, but I think it's a movie of its time, and going back to it, it feels two thousand four ish. Uh huh. Um, this one will definitely take my number one spot. Uh, I yeah. believe so. So simply because I think it's it. Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 have so much camp in them because they are Sam Raimi films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you feel that 90, like a little bit of that 90s vibe pull down a little bit. But I, I think, you know, um, at, at high school Spider-Man is where it's at. So congratulations, Marvel, on convincing us that Spider-Man is worthy of a reboot. <laughs> yeah, not letting Sony fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, and then just taking the reins and just letting them have the money and, and everybody wins. So Yeah. So I think I hopefully knock on wood this leads to a Fantastic Four deal down the road. Ooh, please, please! But <laughs> again, Spider-Man will return in Infinity War and in Avengers Four before he comes back for his own movie. So mm-hmm. we're, we got a lot to we got a lot more Spider-Man to see and a lot more uh, developments on him to make before we get there. So yes, yes, yes. So um, anything else you want to add before we we we, we kick off the spoiler cast? Dude, no, man, I think that's it. It's a recommend. Go see this movie, and then make sure you're subscribed to uh, Superhero Slate and uh, check in for our news episode and see everything that's uh, been going on in the superhero world. Awesome. So in, in the meantime, uh, people want to know what you're up to. Where can they follow you at? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to know what you're up to when you go check this out, movie out for the second time, third time, maybe even fourth time, uh, where can they follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I will share, I usually share all my Instagram stuff there anyway, so you can trace it back to my Instagram however you want. I do have a pop vinyl that is reminiscent of Spider-Man's uh, kill mode from this movie and <laughs> i know we didn't talk about that but that, i think that was a very great easter egg as well but um i'll, I'll put a picture up for that and nice. then um yeah where else can people find us at people people want to find more about superhero slate well if they want to check us out and see where we uh, host our podcast they can follow us and check us out at superhero slate.com that is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and check out our show notes so when you're listening to our news episodes and you want to check out the links to trailers and images and pictures and stuff like that Head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram.
Instagram. If you want to pick up some Superhero Slate merch, just head on over to SuperheroSlate.com slash store. You can pick up like some shirts and mugs and mouse pads and stuff. That's really awesome. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to it. That's really helpful. We really love that. Give us five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever you think we deserve. Leave us a review. We really love that. And then if you're a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. There you go, Chris. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for that. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And we will catch you next week on our regular episode. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Well, back to what we do best.